through the last year or two. I would encourage you to start inviting them. Invite them either to join us physically or digitally. Invite them to uh, be a part of that as we look at some examples of, of how to press on, how to move forward from day 41. Well, five years ago today, I preached my first sermon as the full-time preacher of the Huntsville Church of Christ. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Some of you clap. Some of you are like, man, i got to pay that bet. Um, but but uh, during that time, uh, we have gotten to, to feel at home here, really. We commented uh, a lot that... that Huntsville just feels like home, and that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing. Um, when I was being interviewed and going through the process, much like Hunter just has, uh, there was a, a search committee and a team, and, you know, they asked me a lot of questions. And uh, one of the questions that they asked me was, uh, what is your vision for the church in Huntsville? And that's a good question, and, and, and a question that is important um, I answered them at the time that anybody who would answer that is arrogant uh, because I didn't know you. I didn't know the church. I didn't know the community. Uh, and coming in and trying to assert my will on somebody else, that's arrogant. And, and, and so that was my answer at the time. Now, five years later, I feel like we've gotten to know a few folks. We've gotten to know this body a little bit better. And, and, we have some ideas. I have some ideas. They aren't just mine, though. I, this comes from uh, prayer and conversation with the shepherds, uh, uh, prayer and conversation with deacons, prayer and conversation with a lot of you. And uh, we're going to talk about those over the next few weeks and, and, and ideas and visions and, and where we go and what are we doing and what, why are we here. Um, but this morning... I think where we're going to start is that I'm tired of waiting for normal. Now, if you remember back in 2020 when, when everything shut down and we went into online and we went into to this and that and, 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 you know, then what started happening is we'd say, well, we're going to do this when things get back to normal. Or this is going to happen when things get back to normal. Or when things get back to normal, we'll do whatever. And this morning, I'm tired of waiting on normal. You know, it, it, there are churches all over the world, all over the country especially, and they're sitting around and they're waiting for normal. And unfortunately, normal may never come back. New Year's is a great time of, of, of new beginnings. We're excited, we're anticipatory, we, we make these, uh, these great resolutions like Tim alluded to. Many of us broke those on the way here this morning. Um, but, or, or you will at lunch, you know, we're trying, but, but it's a time of new beginnings. And this time of year, we'll, we'll all start a new diet, uh, gym memberships go through the roof, um, you know, the, the, the health food stores are doing great business. Uh, but, but within a few months, we'll have lost some of that fire and slipped back into normal. Normal is something that we don't really strive for. It's something we kind of fall into, right? We, we, we're not necessarily there on purpose. Many times normal happens simply just because we continue to do the same thing so many times that it feels like that's the way it's supposed to be done. 
If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to John 5. Because in John 5, we find Jesus running into a guy who is stuck in his own normal. He, he wants to change. Cognitively, in his head, he has this idea that he wants to change. But he's kind of stuck in normal until he meets Jesus. Jesus specializes in new beginnings and disrupting normal. John chapter 5, starting with verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there in Jerusalem, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which is five roofed colonnade. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who'd been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Now, let's stop right there. This story is set in Jerusalem, and, and John says there's a feast of the Jews in Jerusalem. Um, the, the, in Jesus' day, the Jewish calendar consisted of, of three high and holy feast days, uh, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And if you were a devout Jew living within 16, 20 miles of Jerusalem, you would make the journey to Jerusalem to be there for one of these feast days. Um, and, and so as you, as you made that journey, there were a lot of people coming in there. Jesus is a devout Jew, and just like other devout Jews, he is making the pilgrimage to the holy city as often as possible. He gets to Jerusalem, and he enters the city by the Sheep Gate. Uh, the Sheep Gate still stands today, actually. It, uh, it was called the Sheep Gate because shepherds would drive their sheep uh, through into Jerusalem, through this gate, and, and on over to the Pool of Bethesda, where they would be washed before taking them into the temple to prepare for sacrifice. The, the Pool of Bethesda is, is separated by a dividing wall in the middle, creating two bodies of water. There's a sheep pool, and, and then there's a, a people pool. And, and around the sides of the people pool, there were these five porticos. Uh, there was a legend that, that the waters would ripple. And, and when these waters would ripple, it was an angel descending on the waters. And, and the legend went that the first one who went into the water after that ripple would be healed. And so people would come and lay around this pool and watch and wait for the waters to be disturbed so that they could get in and, and get their healing. So according to John, Jesus meets a man who's been coming to this pool for 38 years in hopes of being healed. Now, because he was paralyzed, he's having trouble getting into the water on his own, much less getting there first. And Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? The sick man says, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. Uh, Jesus said to him, arise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man was made well and took up his mat and walked. At first, Jesus' question seems odd, right? I mean, that's what all these people are here for. It, 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 it's like if you walked into the hospital and walked up into somebody's room just randomly and said, hey, you want to get well? Well, yeah. Nobody's here by choice. Nobody's here because we want to come hang out in the hospital. Maybe, Larry, but the rest of us don't, don't go there for fun. But, but these people are there because they want to be healed, and they're laying around this pool. And Jesus asked this guy, do you want to be healed? 
Well, of course he wants to be healed. Of course he wants to be made well. What kind of question is that? Now, given the circumstances, he had no reasonable chance of ever being made well. He had no reasonable chance of ever getting into the water first. So it it was a good question, do you really want to be made well? Because if you do, you're kind of going about it the wrong way. Uh, Unless something drastically changes in this situation, you are never going to be made well. Now, I think as we enter into a new year, as we enter into a new session of a, a chapter in our lives, I think we could be asked the same question by Jesus. Do you want to be made well? Because for many of us, as long as we keep going and keep doing the same things that we've always been doing, nothing's going to change. We're going to still be the same thing we've always been. See, some of us have been coming to church for our entire lives. And we've seen people healed. We've seen people uh, uh, made new. We've watched the, the proverbial stirring of the waters. But we still don't feel like we're a part of that, you know? We come and we sing and we do our thing, but we really still feel like something's missing. And the question is really, do you want to become whole? That's the literal translation of Jesus' words here. The literal translation of what he says is, do you want to become whole? Now that's interesting. Because... Life is about becoming. The, the night becomes day, winter becomes spring, a child becomes an adult. The, 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 the concept of becoming as, as a psychological thing originated in ancient Greece with a philosopher, Heraclitus of Ephesus. And, and he said in the 6th century B.C. that nothing in the world is constant except change and becoming. According to tradition... Uh, Heraclitus wrote a treatise about nature in which it appears that famous aphorism, everything flows, nothing stands still. The concept of becoming originates there. Um, Later, uh, Nietzsche is going to comment on that and say that Heraclitus will remain eternally right with his assertion that being is an empty fiction. The idea is that everything is becoming something else. An acorn's becoming a tree, fall's becoming winter, day's becoming night. Everything is becoming something. That's a central idea we see throughout the Gospel of John. Think about it. Chapter 1, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Chapter 2, water becomes wine. Chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus that unless he becomes a new creation, he won't see the kingdom. Chapter 4, Jesus tells the woman that that it is becoming a time when God will be worshipped in spirit and truth. And we roll into chapter 5, and Jesus stops and says to this man, Do you want to become whole? Now, I don't know. Y'all know I like to play these games where I, I like to imagine what else is going on in the story. I don't know what's going on, but I would imagine for 38 years, if he's been coming here, this guy started coming here as a child. Maybe his parents brought him, and, and maybe at first they sat with him and, and tried to be the first one in the water. Maybe at first they spent every waking hour trying to find healing for this kid. But eventually life happened. They had to go to work. They had to make a living. They had to do something. And so they started bringing him and leaving him. 
I don't know if friends of his or friends of his parents or friends of who, but, but other people started bringing him and, and, and getting him there. And he would wait for healing. 38 years of doing that over and over and over. The bubbling of the water only happened every once in a while. And, and, and eventually, that lifestyle becomes normal. What does he do every day? What's normal? He gets up, he's taken to the pool, he waits for the bubbling of the water. That's normal. Yet Jesus says, are you ready to move past that? Do you want to become whole? Do you want to be made well? When I was a young youth minister living in Pampa, I worked with the... uh, chaplaincy of the police department and uh i i would go out with them sometimes on ride-alongs and you know uh, all those kind of things you do when you're young and unmarried and have plenty of free time and and i i would they would call me out or 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 or, or ask me to come with them i became friends with a lot of the guys and 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 ladies that were in law enforcement and and so this one time we were out and we went to a uh, a hotel where there had been a it's quite frankly a, a flea bag motel that uh, there was a man who had called the local AA chapter and and was contemplating suicide that's what he said and so the the operator had connected it to to the officer that I happened to be doing a ride along with and so they took me along with them because maybe I could offer some kind of pastoral insight. We sat down with the man and 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 he was drunk and and he was sobbing and slurring his words and he told me how he didn't have much to live for and he'd been injured on the job and 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 he was no longer able to work. His wife had left him and because he's no longer able to work, he'd lost his car, he he'd lost relationship with his children, he had no belongings. He spent most of his day in places like this in these motel rooms uh, by himself just uh, drowning his sorrows and and I said to him why don't you get out of this place why don't we move you over to the the Coronado Center the Coronado Center was a a, a nice decent little retirement community that was uh, uh, nearby um, and and it wasn't fancy but the coffee pot was always on and there was usually a domino game going and it would have been a good place for him and, and we asked him, why, why, don't you, why don't we help you move over to the Coronado Center? And he said, oh, I couldn't do that. I said, why not? All my friends are here. Changing from normal is hard, even when we don't like normal. He didn't want to be in normal. He thought his normal was such that he was ready to end his life, but he didn't want to leave it because normal is comfortable. Being made whole is about becoming, and becoming is necessitated by change. Change is required, and change is scary. It's true of our lives. It's it's true of us personally. It's true in the church. The church takes this snapshot of 1950 church and says, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is normal. And we don't want to do anything else because that might be change, and change is scary. We don't want to change. There are thousands of churches all across the United States who are holding on to the past, 
who are holding on to whatever former glory they once had, and, and they're holding on to that memory as normal. And they're desperately clinging to that. And even now, as the world around them is all changing, as everything is different, they're still waiting because we're going to get back to normal. And they're so busy trying to get back to the past that they can't see the future. The question Jesus asks us is, do you want to become whole? In the final analysis, it's, it's a question only you can answer. Do you want to become whole? You start by asking yourself, what do I need to be healed of? What am I holding on to? What is my normal that I'm afraid to let go of? What is this thing that, that even though I may hate it, even though I don't want it in my life anymore, it's normal. And it's such a part of me that I'm scared to let it go. What is it? You know right now, the Holy Spirit's putting it on your heart. And, and whatever that is, Jesus is saying, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Now, if you're like me, you've got a lot of excuses. I'm good at excuses. I'm, I'm good at justification. So was this guy. If you look at, at, at what he does, Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? And this guy starts giving him all the reasons. Well, yeah, of course I do, but, but every time the waters start, I don't have anybody to help me. Unless I have somebody to help me, I can't get in there. What do you expect me to do? And what does Jesus say? Does he address his excuses? No, he just ignores them. He doesn't address the excuses at all. He doesn't say anything about the excuses. He says, get up. Now, this morning, that's what he says to us. Do you want to be made whole? And in your mind, in my mind, I'm thinking of all my excuses. Well, well, Lord, there's this. Lord, there's that. And, and, and when I get stressed, and when I get, when I, when I get and then I have this. And, then, and, and Jesus says, get up. Stop making excuses. The same thing he says to the church. The church says, well, we want to do this and we want to do that, but, 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 but we're afraid. We're afraid because we've got to fix that. We're afraid because that might not be new. We're afraid because we might not be able to, to afford that. We're afraid because this. And Jesus says, get up. Do you want to be made whole? Get up, take your mat, and walk. Do you want to be made whole? Then stop protesting. Stop making excuses. And trust Jesus. Trust Jesus and do it. This morning, I don't know where you're at. But my new year is, I, I want to be made whole. I'm tired of waiting on normal. I'm tired of sitting here hoping that we can get back to something that wasn't really normal in the first place. I'm tired of waiting on normal. And, and I want to be made whole. And so I want to stop offering protests. I want to stop offering excuses. I want to get up, take my mat, and walk. This morning, we're going to sing a song, and that's an opportunity for you to publicly make that statement. I, this is not a, some kind of walk down where everybody gossips about you. Nobody cares about that. This is your opportunity to have accountability, where you can say publicly, look, I want to be made whole. And, and I want it bad enough that I'm going to say it publicly in front of God and everybody that, that I'm tired of making excuses. I'm going to take up my mat and walk. Maybe you don't want to do it publicly. Maybe you just want to do it between you and God, and that's fine. But right now we're offering that song, and right now that's the question. Do you want to be made whole? If we can help you with that, 
Why don't you come right now while together we stand and sing?